I am Daniel Hughes and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years and today I have my special guest. He is the author of several books, no other than Mr. Luis Magalhães. Hello. Hello, Mr. Louise. Thank you for your time. Hello, Daniel. No, thank you. You're oh, you're man. an early bird here. So <laughs> up so early to record this. Appreciate it. Oh yes, and welcome back. I miss you on my podcast. Yeah, I, I, I missed being here, but you know, there are only so much books. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, but hey, ne next month I I'm launching a new book. So then maybe I can be here next month as well. Oh, that'd be awesome. Next month or next week? <laughs> next month. <yes>. Next month. <laughs> oh, next definitely. month. Okay. So next that month I will have a new book to talk about. That'd be awesome. So that's yeah. why you're busy, busy, busy? Yeah. Be yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly, That's... exactly that, and, and and just you know work stuff. You know my 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 regular day job. We all have them, so so yes. you know they, they require some attention as well. Family, you know stuff like that. But but yeah, you know it's nice to have stuff. It's nice to have stuff going on. How are you, sir? Oh, fabulous, like you, Mister. So let's talk about your rose and the night. The Rose and the Night. Oh, I think this is one of a kind. The Rose and the Night is a short story collection. Again, set in the same universe uh, as, as all my books in, in the lands of Alessia. And uh, they, it, these, it's a, it's a reasonable, it's, a, it's not a big book, but, it's a, it, but it has six short stories. And uh, it's about 150 pages long. And these short stories, they introduce many of the characters from, uh, from the books. You know, they're a bit like prequel short stories. So you'll meet some of the characters from The Daughter of the Ice. You'll meet some of the characters from A Silvery Moon. And you'll meet some of the characters from Flight of the Necromancer and future books. So it's a great way to, to start your journey in Alessia. Oh, so how many days a month you wrote this? Oh, it, it, it's been a while. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not sure because they're short stories, right? So I, 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 would, I would write the short story. Initially, it was supposed, initially it was supposed to be for my blog, right? I had the blog and uh, I had some short stories that, that wouldn't necessarily become a book. So I started, you know, writing them for, for a blog and I posted the first one, right? The first one uh was called rite of passage and it was the origin story of the hero of the book a silvery moon so and that that was what it was supposed to be and then you know a, a friend told me right she she read the story and she said you know this is the, the this is this is this is very good uh why are you putting this on your blog instead of writing a few more and, and just making a book right and I'm like, oh, right. I hadn't thought about it, you know, because uh, look, the, the, the reality is that by the time I started doing it, I know some people have a lot of success with blogs. Um, 
I just I think there are way too many blogs. So uh, the reality <laughs> the, the reality is that blogs are, blogs for writers is something that th- that you have for your fans, right? Yes. Uh, it, it's a bit harder. It, it's easier to get it's easier to get people to read your stuff if it's as a book on Amazon than if it's in a, a, a than if it's a, just in a blog. So I'm like, okay. So then, you know, I, I kept that first draft there in, in the blog so that people could see a bit of the process and the inside and et cetera. But then the next five stories, I wrote them. I didn't write them in the blog. I just wrote them by myself. And then I, at the end, I, I, published, I got them together as my friend advised. And uh, I added professionally edited and I published it as a, a, as a book. And, and that's it. And the, again, the neat, the neat thing about the book is that all of these stories will get you curious, hopefully, for Alessia, and you'll want to read the other books star- starring these characters. So the Rose and the Night. Yeah. Uh, how? What behind the title of your anthology? Yeah. So it's the first story, right? The the first story is about two warring kingdoms, the, the, the holy kingdom of Lohander, who is the, the sun god, and the, the, the confederacy of the northern city-states. And uh, there's, this, there's this tale in the kingdom of the sun, of the sun god that there are, that there are three special people high priestess of the sun god that are the goddesses that they have special magical powers uh even though elesia is a fantasy world magic is very uncommon so when someone can use magic it's a really big deal it's legendary most people in elesia don't even believe magic exists so when there are people that that know how to use magic it's a big deal so that is there are three roses the rose of the north the rose of war the Rose of the South, the Rose of Love, and the Rose of the East, the Rose of Prophecy. And uh, uh, of the six stories in the book, three of them are about the roses. And the Rose in the Night is the first story, which is about the Rose of War uh, going to conquer uh, a fortress in the north. And then, you know, from the northern side, from the side of the city-states, the the tale of the brave knights that have to defend against our magical powers. So that's why the the rose in the night. It's a, a coming of age story about how the the young knight, then young knight Eregar, uh, who then you you'll meet again in the daughter of the ice, uh, had his his best baptism of fire, so to say. So the rose and the night is a prequel of of your other books yes the the story is with one exception there is one story uh there is one story that that is far in the future but yeah but five of the six stories work as prequels for for other books in the series oh nice that's be awesome so let's talk about what the reader said to your anthology according to marty's need an interesting introduction to our sword and sorcery series so what are the elements that you put in the short story that make the readers interested to read the sequel of the novel yeah so i so the elements is so first off of all 
people enjoy coming of age stories, right? But I don't necessarily write them so much in, in the books. Most of my characters, most of the characters in my books are already somewhat mature, right? That they're either, you know, Aragar is in his, is entering his 60s uh, and uh, Lucius is in his 30s. So the, my main characters tend to be pretty mature. But this gives a chance, you know, to for the readers to know them a bit younger, to learn about the the events, the challenges, the traumas. They shape them into the person they are. And I think that if you can engage someone early on, right, with, with those early versions of the characters, and they know, you know, where they're coming from, then they, I, hopefully, they leave the story and the book curious, right, about the, the their, their future their, their future adventures. And then, you know, I just I, I do the usual thing on uh, these stories have a pretty solid conclusions. Not every uh, they don't usually end in cliffhangers, except the last one. The, the last one ends in a bit sort of a cliffhanger, a cliffhanger. The, the characters, they are they're, they're on a quest uh, for prophecy. And then, you know, at the end, at the end, when they get the prophecy that they're looking for, it's a bit scary. And then, you know, that that feeds into the story of the daughter of the ice. Right. So so that is is how I try to push people on to the to the other books. Nice, interesting, Mr. Louise. And according to Leslie B, giants, zombies, cat people, and what else? <laughs> wow, he's yeah. asking what else, uh, Mr. Louise. A lot of things. Yeah, they're, they're also big, big wolves, right? So that that that's the big, big wolves, and and, uh, and there's even a vampire somewhere there. So there's plenty of things. <laughs> there's plenty of things, but look, that's uh, uh, and locations, and and you know I like in building a rich fantasy world. I've talked about this in in previous episodes, right? I like the reader to feel a bit like an archaeologist at times, you know, getting you know getting to know the world, not in a big exposition exposition dump, but like little by little, piece by piece, piecing things together. Right, so if you read the daughter of the ice, you will see a couple of occasions. It's not a big deal because obviously I want I, I want people who pick the daughter of the ice to enjoy the book fully without having to read other books in the past, right? But on a couple of occasions, there a title is attributed to to Aragar, right? And, and they don't expand upon it. You just think, oh, that he has several titans, titles, and one of these titles is, is pretty curious. And if you've read The Rose and the Night before, the title makes sense. If you read The Rose and the Night, you know, before or after The Daughter of the Ice, a light bulb, you'll have that light bulb moment, which is, oh, this is the time where, this is why they gave him that title. This makes sense, right? It was in this battle, due to the things that happened in this battle, that, that earned that title. So I like to have those little uh, Easter eggs, interconnections between my books I think that does a, that is a very fun way to build a world. I think so because according to Doctor R, fans of Dungeon and Dragons, of course, The Lord of the Rings, and of course, Game of Thrones. 
will enjoy these epic short stories. So the short stories depict all those movies or novels. Yeah. So again, the 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 great thing about making a short story collection, right, instead of a book, is that you can change your themes, right, a, a little bit more. Because you know, in order for a book to be good, it needs to be consistent, right? So if you if you grab, let's say, the Daughter of the Ice, it's a, a sword and sorcery quest, right, from beginning to end. It follows that genre, that that genre very faithfully, and you know, if I want to have an epic fantasy book, right, then that's probably another book, right. In case of the of Lucius story, A Silvery Moon, that's a bit more like a Dungeon and Dragons action and adventure thing, even though it's set in the same world. So, uh, but when you have a, a book with several short stories, you can be a bit more playful with it and have a bit more variance. So, you know, you have, you can play with different teams, one team per story, right? So there's definitely a story that's more about battles and things like that and game of, a bit like Game of Thrones. There's a, a little story that's a bit more reminiscent of, of Lord of the Rings with a bit more folklore, right? And, and you know, animals that talk in the short quest for a, for a, magic, for, for, for a magic item, right? And obviously, there is, for example, with the one with the cat people, right? For the one with the for the one with the cat people, I wanted to give it a bit of a mystery-solving courtroom drama vibe. So the main character is accused of murdering uh, an important person in the in the city of the cat people, and then the adventure is that is the main character and her party figuring out uh, proof to make her innocent. And then going through the trial, so that's that's why I like short stories, is because you can explore certain concepts that don't necessarily that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily feel in place in a larger you know fantasy sword and sorcery novel. Uh, what was the biggest challenge you faced while writing this The Rose and the Night or your anthology? Yeah, so. Uh, the biggest the the biggest challenge uh, I, I think was the timeline <laughs> was actually <laughs> making sure right it, it, it was make it was making sure that these stories made sense within the overall uh, Alessia timeline right that that there was enough time between them and between the books where the characters appear that and making them different, right? Because it doesn't make sense to have Lucius with 20 years old be the same person as Lucius at 34, right? You, you, you grow a lot and you change as a human being over 14 years. So that, so that, so that was a challenge. Same thing with, with Erger. Erger especially is in his early 20s in The Rose and the Night, and then in The Daughter of the Ice, he's almost 60. So it was, it's almost 40 years right, between one and the other. And, and, and I had to really think, right, about what that meant, what is the history. I, I built a whole calendar and a whole timeline with historic events, you know, between one book and, 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 the, uh, and the other. So, so that was, I think that was the most, the most challenging thing. And that was one of the last things to add at the book. 
actually, you know, again, you know, compliments to the chef. It was thanks to my to my editor, uh, Susan Ellen Gottfried. Right. She she pushed me to think a bit more about how these all went together in, in the in my overall in my overall story, in my in, in my overall world. So at the end, at the end, I added some some lines, putting the story in context with the events, the main events in my other series, the, the resurrection of the daughter of the ice and the darkening of the silvery moon. And uh, before each story, you have a little bit of a, of a timeline saying uh, the date, right? The date, the place and the year which is in SR, that's the, the official uh, calendar years for, for at least, you know, Western Elysia, it is the SR means Sun's Reckoning, because it's dated on the founding of the Holy Kingdom, Kingdom of Lohander. And, it, it, and along with the date, I put X years before the resurrection of the Daughter of the Ice, X years before the darkening of the Silvery Moon. So that, that, was, the, that was the challenge. Very well said, Mr. Luis. So before we go on, I want to shout out to the people listening in Tanzania. I got number 45. On Tanzania. Tanzania at Rwanda at number 46. 88 in Zambia. 90 in Nigeria. Thank you so much. Of course, in Algeria at number 9. Mongolia at number 14. Libya at number 14. Denmark at number 18, Romania at number 44, Cameroon at number 54, Jordan at 68, United Arab Emirates at 109, Canada at 111, Hong Kong at 142, South Africa at 150, Georgia at 188, and at the, at the last but not the least, my top ranking uh, countries listening to me, Uganda at 222. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world, like Mr. Luis Mandelias. So, Mr. Luis, what is the best highlight of the Rose and the Knife anthology? Yeah, well, I want to say that it's the last story so that people read all the way through, right? <laughs> That's yes. It. Look, it. it, it, it it really is. It really is is hard to pick, right? But I try to bookend with the strongest, right? I, I tried, you know, in my... It's always subjective. And if you give the book to, to 10 readers, well, to six readers, because there are only six stories, I bet that each reader will, will pick a different story, right? I have a lot of... Uh, I have a lot of love for the middle story uh, in The Cat People, place because i love cats and uh, i i love the the rose of the south uh and uh, i actually she she is going to feature in the book that i'm launching next month so it's the of all the characters she is called aurora and of all the characters in this book this is the only she is the only one that isn't present in any of my current published works but that will change next month Yes, definitely. According to Amazon, you got 72 global ratings and you got 64% five star. Oh, that's amazing. And I appreciate that, that. Definitely, this is a phenomenal anthology. 
Mr. Luis, can you please invite our listeners to buy all your books? Yeah. So obviously, you know, you can uh, you, you can find the link to the books in, in the show notes, right? You, my my name is a little bit hard, but you can just uh, uh, go to net. And you can always, you know, search for my books on Amazon, you know, uh, The Rose and the Night, The Daughter of the Ice. The Rose and the Night, it's, so The Rose and the Night is only 99 cents because I use this book mostly as a way for people to learn about the world. And actually, you know, if you don't have 99 cents to spend, that's fine because you can get it for free by signing up to my mailing list. So yeah, I have it for sale because some people just don't like, you know, signing up for mailing lists. But if that's a concern for yours, or if you'd like to get an email from me every week, you know, telling you about, I basically, you know, talk about my writing journey. You can just, you know, go go to my website, search for again www.alessia.net, and uh, you can just sign up for my mailing list, and you'll get the rose and the night in your inbox absolutely for free. Or it's available on Amazon. I, I'm I don't I like money. So if you want to send ninety nine cents my way, I won't complain. Yes, <laughs> we love money, people. Let's support yeah. uh, indie authors, especially. And yeah. as I said, this podcast is created to empower all the indie authors. You, if you are listening, you are much welcome to approach me and to be my guest. And it's totally free, people. And uh, Mr. Luis, if one of the big five traditional publisher house uh, hmm. will offer you, will you go to them? Yeah, so it depends, right? Um, it depends because I do like, you know, being independent. I mean, I publish like three or four books per year. So, you know... That wouldn't happen if I went to a traditional big five publisher, right? Almost certainly. They, they don't want authors publishing that money. And, and so I really like part of the, the self-publishing, you know, journey, right? That said, I do have a goal. My goal is to eventually, you know, make this my full-time work. And if being part and if, if accepting a contract with the big five publisher would get me closer to that goal, then I would seriously consider it. Before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, uh, Food 101 on our third season with Chef Alessandro, uh, one of the best uh, executive chef in one of the best restaurants in downtown Toronto. And thank you, people, for giving us the one million downloads. Thank you so much. Wow. If, if you're supporting uh, Food 101, can you please support uh, my Book 101 review? Because this is a good cause. Let's empower writers all over the world to produce more books to read. And plus one more, I have a new podcast started this month, Comedy 101 with Mr. Mike Lucas. If Mr. Mike Lucas has no letter K, Mike Lucas. I have letter C on my last name. We have the same last name but different letters K and C. And as we said, we are half brother with different mother. <laughs> so nice. comedy, comedy 101 will empower all comedians all over the world and we teach you how to laugh 
and how to entertain people. So please do listen. Comedy 101. Can you give a little bit uh, information about the new book? Sure. The, the, the new book is Blades of the Ice, and it's a prequel to The Daughter of the Ice. Uh, there were... I wrote it from the fan, based on on the fans, the, the fan by the fans' wishes, right? Two characters in the daughter of uh, uh, of the ice, uh, Anna and Erica. They belong to an assassin sisterhood, and uh, the the readers told me that they would like to know more about that. That they thought that it would be a cool story, right? To to learn more about them and, and to learn about their adventures before the daughter of the ice. So I wrote that book, right? Because I love my readers and I am very responsive. That's another bonus of being on my newsletter is that you can send me any comments and suggestions and I'll seriously consider them, right? That was the inspiration for, write, for writing this book. So yeah, next month, you know, Blades of the Ice, I'll, I'll be very happy. To, it's my first book with an all-female cast. Because it's an assassin's sisterhood, so it's only women. My first book was not, it's my first book with an all-female cast. It was super um, it was super fun to to write and yeah, can't wait to talk about it next month. Yes, let's empower women uh, people uh, through the book of the upcoming novel of Mr. Luis Mangal. Yes. So Mr. Luis, thank you for your time. Yeah, uh, Thank you, Daniel. It, it was it's uh, it's always such a pleasure. I love being in this show. I, I wish I, w I I was faster in writing books so I could come more times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you always come back, come back and come back and let's talk about the books that you read or books that you did. And I just said this uh, podcast is for you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it and I appreciate your work. Thank you so much for doing this for writers and books. Morgan people, see you soon.